You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Without a shepherd, sheep meander. They go adrift, astray, and get lost. Jesus alluded in this passage that we are exactly like lost sheep. In fact, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 53, 6. Read it with me. Here's what it says. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. Perhaps one of the best ways that we can learn or understand something better is through the usage of metaphors or illustrations. Aside from the authority that Jesus taught with, this method of teaching was probably why so many were intrigued by him. In today's message, Pastor Dion reflects on the sheep and the shepherd parable that Jesus used to describe humanity's need for a savior. In his study, you'll gain a better understanding of just how in his study, you'll gain a better understanding of just how lost we truly are without our Good Shepherd Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 15, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, here in Luke, chapter 15, Jesus has said out loud what everyone was thinking about, the religious leaders and their rules. Everybody say religious leaders. Say rules. So Jesus says something out loud. He's been saying something out loud for a couple of chapters now. He's been saying something out loud that nobody else has been saying, but they've been thinking it all along about the religious leaders and their rules. Jesus called the religious leaders scarecrows. Don't be like them. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be like them. He was calling the religious leaders scarecrows, that they were strong men. They were fake and empty. As a few friends in West Texas I have say, they were all gurgle and no guts. That's really what these guys were. They were dressed up on the outside, these religious leaders, but they were hollow and lifeless on the inside. They were whitewashed mausoleums, full of dead men's bones. And Jesus told the people, hey, listen, don't be like them. Because God wants, everybody said out loud, God wants relationship over religion. Say it again. Relationship over religion. Now, when Jesus made those statements, pointing them out, calling out on the carpet, guys, the religious leaders were livid. They were, and here's the other word. Everybody said what? Exposed. Say it out loud. Exposed. Or you could say busted, can't be trusted. Say it out loud. Busted, can't be trusted. That was the religious leaders. They were livid. But instead of listening to Jesus and repenting, the religious leaders targeted Jesus. They began their seek and destroy mission to set traps for Jesus. Kind of like a speed trap. Everybody say it a what? A speed trap. Police sets traps to keep everyone in line, conformed, to keep them safe. Because police know that you have a predisposition to speed. 
It's in your nature. Born to be wild. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you right now. Just look at him and say that. So they set up speed traps to catch and to sight you. Well, it was in Jesus' nature to help the helpless. He speeds to our rescue. So the religious leaders would set up speed traps or sting operations to catch Jesus breaking the law. Healing on the Sabbath, eating without washing his hands, eating on fasting days, hanging out with sinners. They would set up traps or sting operations to catch Jesus breaking their ceremonial laws. The religious leaders were doing everything they could to discredit Jesus publicly, to disenchant the public. You know, headlines written by the religious leaders or tweets that they send out would read, Miracle Worker and Acclaimed Messiah Hanging Out with Israel's Lowlifes. Everybody say, ah. They would leak this stuff, you know, to the, they would leak this gossip to the grocery store tabloids and, and even on the E Network channel. All right? Everybody say, E. No. Right? In fact, let's read it. Chapter 15, verse 1. Here's what it says Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Everybody, do it like, go ahead. There were three classes of people that the Jews detest. Everybody say three. Three classes of people that the Jews detested. As the Grinch says, Loathe entirely, right? Three classes of people that the Jews loathe entirely. One was the Samaritans. Samaritans were half-breeds. They were half Assyrian and half Jew, who had a history of idolatry, divided loyalties. So true Jews, they detested, loathed entirely Samaritans. Then there were tax collectors. Tax collectors betrayed their country and people in order to work for Rome. They were literally getting rich off of their own people. Right? So they detested tax collectors. The third group of people are called sinners. Everybody said what? Sinners. Those are the immoral and profane. The word profane means living across the line, on the other side, all right? So they would hate immoral, profane sinners, living like heathens. Gentiles or non-Jews would be included in that category. So nudge your neighbor say he's talking about you right now. So three classes of people that the Jews loathed entirely, Samaritans, tax collectors, and sinners. The religious leaders at that time had convinced everyone that God created this basket of deplorables, if you would, these 
tax collectors, sinners, and Samaritans, that he had created them just to keep hell hot. Kindling. Look at your neighbor and say, kindling. That's what the religious leaders told their people. That these tax collectors, these sinners, these Samaritans were valueless, were unredeemable, were condemned. They had been, these people had been written off, dismissed, denied, damned. But Luke tells us here in the passage we just read that these people gravitated to Jesus. They came out to listen to him teach. They loved his sermons. They loved his style. He used current events and history and humor and illustrations. And they loved his style. It was irresistible. It was undeniable. It was inspiring to them. Jesus' teachings grabbed their eyes, their ears, their minds, and the hearts of these basket of deplorables. They could sit still for that. You know what I'm saying? And they were drinking his teachings in. They had heard and seen the religious leaders' rituals and ceremonies. They had seen them, these guys, wash their hands and heard their repetitious prayers and listened to their condemning sermons that really just beat the sheep. The religious leaders were stale and flat and cold and condescending. But Jesus' teachings captivated them, convicted them, connected with them. How many of you can identify, huh? And Jesus, this Jesus was approachable. He wasn't like the religious leaders. He wasn't wasn't holier than thou, untouchable, mysterious, moody, spooky, or weird. Jesus looked at them. He listened, and he loved them. They saw compassion in his eyes, not contempt. And Jesus gave an illustration showing why he took such an interest in those so-called deplorables, tax collectors and sinners. Watch what Jesus says. So Jesus spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep? If he loves one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Yeah, you can applaud for Jesus' teaching. It's okay. So Jesus gives this illustration and he uses sheep. Everybody said he uses what? Sheep are a strange animal. Truth be told, they're dumber than rocks. They're easily influenced and very reckless. Sheep cannot fend for themselves at all. 
They have no sense of direction. Ray is a true sheep. Then no north, south, east, west. We all are. Sheep are incapable of finding food or water on their own. They can't. Sheep are codependent and high maintenance. Go ahead and nudge your neighbor and say, I think I know what he's talking about. Just go ahead and tell him. In fact, without a shepherd, sheep meander. They go adrift, astray, and get lost. Jesus alluded in this passage that we are exactly like lost sheep. In fact, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 53, 6. Read it with me. Here's what it says. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. That was the truth about us, wasn't it? We were meandering through life, incapable of saving ourselves. Lost and vulnerable. One step away from destruction. But our good shepherd. I want to say that again. But our good shepherd wants us, values us, loves us, and goes out doing this. Everybody say it. Seeking the law. Say it again. Seeking the law. That's a good place to applaud right there. You know, a Middle Eastern shepherd or Bedouin usually oversaw a hundred sheep. At night, he would call them into a corral. It was either a rock enclosure or a fence made of tumbleweeds of thorns with only one entrance. And so at night, he'd call them into the corral. He would stand at the opening of or the doorway of that enclosure and would count his sheep as he called them in. That's where counting sheep to fall asleep actually came about, if you didn't know. But he would count the sheep every night as he called them in to the enclosure. The shepherd would call them in and check them one at a time for parasites or scrapes, and he'd pour oil over them. It was an insect repellent. He'd pour it on their nose especially so that the lice wouldn't gum up into their nose and, and lay eggs and, and affect their brain. He'd do that every night. Well, guys, Jesus had already declared that He is the Good Shepherd. He'd already said that. He had already said he, that He's the door to the sheep, counting and caring. In fact, here it is, John chapter 10, verse 9. Listen to Jesus. He said this. Read it with me. I am the door for the sheep. Those who come in through me will be... Everybody say it. Wow. So if at the time the shepherd was calling them in and going over them, one at a time, counting and caring, if at that time one is missing... Jesus says he leaves the 99 to find, and everybody say it, the one. He loves and values every single one. 
God desires all to be saved. How many? All. That's God's heart. That's God's desire. That's Jesus' hope that they would all be saved. Not just 99. So he races out to find the one and doesn't stop looking, doesn't stop searching. That's our God. That's what Jesus was trying to present. That he'll leave the 99 to find the one that's lost. Consider Adam. You know, after him and Eve sinned and were hiding because they realized they were naked and ashamed and they were hiding and God came out and started searching and calling out, Adam, where are you? Consider Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who was running from God, stole his brother's birthright, remember that? Headed out because his brother promised that he was going to kill him. He runs away. He ends up in Bethel, sleeping on a rock, so exhausted, sleeping on a rock and having a dream. And the Lord showing him that that place was called the house of bread and that God wanted to have a relationship with him and wanted him to stay in the house of bread. But Jacob kept running from God. Now you'd think that God had given him a proposition. I want to be, I'm in this place. I want you to stay here. I want you to have fellowship with me. Stop your running. Stop hiding from me. But Jacob continued to run. And you know what? The story is Jacob, life goes on. It says that God pursued and wooed Jacob back to Bethel over a course of many years. Everybody say pursued. He pursued him. He pursued Jacob to Pandamaram. Pursued Jacob to the, to, to the river Jabbok. And in fact, in the river Jabbok, Jacob still running, God wrestled with him. Everybody say, what, what did he do? God wrestled, still pursuing him. God even wrestled with Jacob until he surrendered. God injured his thigh. God isn't shy about applying some pain to turn us around. Sometimes God will whisper your name. And other times he'll whoop your butt. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been there. Just let your neighbor say, I've been there. And that's why some of us, like Jacob, walk with a limp. We've got a little limp in our life. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a financial crisis. We're walking with a little limp because God will use whatever necessary to get our attention. And because we be so stubborn and foolish. But thank God He doesn't give up on us. Thank God that He is tenacious. Yeah, yeah, you ought to shout at him right now and just say, thank you, right? So consider Adam, God pursuing, God's a seeker. Consider Jacob, and then in the New Testament, consider an Ethiopian. An Ethiopian in the New Testament who, who was confused about God. 
He had visited Jerusalem during Passover. This was after Jesus, you know, resurrection and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And this, this Ethiopian had visited Jerusalem during Passover. He even bought a scroll of, of scripture. He had spent the week there, but was returning back to Ethiopia disappointed and empty. He was so empty, as empty as the Gaza desert that he was crossing on his way back home. Philip, who was a disciple of Jesus, had been preaching in Samaria and was seeing a revival take place. In fact, the whole town was responding to Philip's message about Jesus. It was, it was awesome. They, they were just coming out and responding. And it was in that middle of that revival that God told Philip to leave the revival and head to the Gaza desert because one lost soul needed help. Wow. Wow. Philip did. He left Samaria. And the Ethiopian, he found him there in the Gaza desert Walking across back to Ethiopia, Philip found that Ethiopian, and that Ethiopian was gloriously saved and baptized. Aren't you glad 99 is not enough for God? (laughs) I am. I'm glad he wasn't satisfied with just 99, that he kept pursuing me, that he kept pursuing you. God runs after us, calls out to us, wrestles with us, converts us. And then Jesus goes on to say that God is as committed and determined to find us as Brooks and Dunn are to find their girlfriend in their song. It's kind of like a lost and found in a border town asking about a diamond ring. Huh? They just look at you like you lost your mind, say they haven't seen a thing. But I know she's been here lately. I can still smell her perfume. Well, listen, guys. God's got a lock on your scent, too. And He will not give up. He will keep looking until the lost are found. Let's read it. Jesus continues. This is how determined God is to find us. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me! For I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. 
If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.